Characters are central to any kind of storytelling, whether it be from books, movies, or tabletop role-playing games. And let's be honest, you come for the plot, but you stay for the characters. That's great, but how does this relate back to the session that I'm running tomorrow that I haven't prepped for yet? Character growth can happen when you least expect it, which is why we're going to use a bottle episode to get to know the characters better. Okay, that does sound like fewer maps to prepare, so bring on the bottle! Hey! I'm your host, Sarah, and... I'm your other host, Morgan. We're two sisters. By marriage. Who love to talk about stories. From writing fiction to creating elaborate plot lines in D&D. To using character growth as an excuse to not prep your next session. We're... Out of initiative. initiative. Today we're talking about the Notorious Bottle episode. If you're unfamiliar with what a bottle episode is, the term itself comes from episodic television shows and refers to an episode that is produced cheaply by limiting the cast and sets. It's something that you can use as a writing exercise while working on your novel or prep for your next D&D campaign the next time the party makes a move you weren't expecting. So let's get into it. Bottle episodes. Do you use character exercises like bottle episodes, Sarah, while you're writing or getting to know characters for your next novel? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I have yet to meet another writer that doesn't do that, especially if you're facing writer's block or you're just feeling burnt out with if you're halfway through a story and you just need a little break, um, but you still want to stay in that mode uh, in those characters' heads and you just need to put them somewhere kind of fresh to get their voices talking again. Uh, I absolutely will do that. I'll just open a blank document and be like, okay, they're at a restaurant. And then just what's happening, you know, and then or they're at the beach or they're um, on a vacation or I'll fast forward like five years. What are they doing? Um, And so just to keep that voice relevant, but to get a fresh setting uh, helps kind of spur that creative uh, drive to get back into the story again. In college, we used to do these all the time as writing exercises, and I really struggled with them because they would always be like, come up with a character. Okay, now put your character in a mundane situation, like going to the grocery store to pick out produce. And I really like, I really got in my own head about it. So what do you use? Do you have some like go-to prompts or what are you using to help you kind of get started, get past that blank page uh, kind of paralysis that we all get into? Uh, Often I will take a side character's point of view. Um, Someone that's like, you know, a best friend that has not a whole lot happening and I'll just do the whole scene from that point of view um and then it just again it just kind of makes it fresh because I, I feel like sometimes when you're working on a story you get so stagnant and you're just mm. so like bound up uh you, there's also a lot of pressure um that you're trying to get your point across and it's just not working and so with like these bottle episodes if you do um have a prompt like at a grocery store you have to immediately tell yourself that there's no pressure No one's going to ever see this but you, Um, unless, of course, you want to share it. Sure. But um, no one's going to see that. There's no pressure. This is just for fun and just to explore and see what happens. Um, So that's the biggest thing is just you just just go with it. Um, You pick whatever point of view you want. Or maybe you can do like the uh, third (laughs) POV narrative um, where you're up like, you know, if you were just saying the story instead of. Uh, from a character's specific perspective. Um, Just take the pressure off, take the load off to just kind of explore. I think that's pretty much the biggest point of the exercise. (laughs) There are 
authors that um, have published multiple books, say a series of books, and they will release little um, exclusive story, short stories, like either a novella or a chapter um, to their readers if they're like part of their newsletter. Uh, and it's great. And it's a lot of times it's really fun, like a side character went um, on a mission off screen in the main story, in the main book, right? And they'll do um, a novella of what that side character did on their mission. And it's just like a fun little sneak peek. It's again, it's not like as serious as the main story. Um, it's just a little kind of adjacent um, part of the overall story and they'll release it. And I love those. And then sometimes you'll have, um, for example, a, pay, a chapter of a point of view from a villain and it's just one chapter um, and you don't, otherwise you don't ever get that point of view. And it's just, it's fun. And I, I know the authors really enjoy it too, because they're getting to kind of flex their skills and they know these characters so well. So it's really fun to kind of dive into their heads a little bit more and share that with your readers. Cause that's the ultimate goal is to um, get your readers to really know these characters as close as they can to what you have. And I think with D and D um, you could act, absolutely do that too with your characters to kind of show a different side of them um, that the other players don't see or the DM doesn't see, or even that you haven't really had a chance to flex in a normal campaign setting. Yeah, I think the D&D setting is um, the most interesting uh, for me because I use it all the time uh, because often I'll write story beats for the campaign um, and we'll come to a point where the players need to make a choice. Uh, I think, uh, you know, small spoilers for Waterdeep Dragon Heist here. The Castle Lanterns have this um, sort of trolley problem as villains that the players need to decide who do they want to save, a hundred people or two children. Like, ooh, what a what a tough choice. Uh, it is a tough choice. And sometimes the players are like, I have a way to, you know, I saw on Reddit a lot of people talked about, I have a way to, you know, save them all. Like, I, we figured a way to, like, kind of foil this plan and get the, get the trolley off the track, so to speak. Um, and I love that. But, like, I wouldn't be prepared for that in our campaign when we got to this point. The party was like, oh, yeah, we got, like, four weeks until that comes up. Um, we're actually going to go uh, deal with something else uh, for a little while because we have kind of some other major plot points happening at the same time. So the party was like, ooh, we're going to deal with that later. So where I thought we were going to be doing some sort of, like, pushing through time and, like, downtime and hanging out in Waterdeep. And the party is, like, kind of having a party and buying cake for each other. And, like, great, that happened a little bit. But, like, then it was done and I needed to come up with a new kind of story beat. And then we ended up going on a brief hiatus as one of our party members got married. So then we come back to the story. You guys have gone in a direction I wasn't expecting. And we've been away from the story for almost a month and a half at this point. Yeah, um, yeah. And I decided to go with this sort of bottle episode uh, combat to try to get everybody back into the mechanics. Now, typically I would use a bottle episode, uh, you know, like a dream sequence or everybody's locked in a puzzle. And we've got lots of examples of that as well. But typically I would use that for character growth, but it can also be a really good way to build on um, kind of reminding the mechanics. Like I haven't played this character for almost two months, so what do I need to remember when we're in combat? So, you know, we got in the air, you guys had a chance to chat. And then as soon as you guys were up there, it was like a really big combat that took almost the entire three hour session. That means I only needed one map to prepare and a handful of monsters. And they had some pretty straightforward uh, mechanics. So it was, e you know, it was easier to keep everybody moving. And there were a lot of moving pieces. You guys had to relearn how to work as a team. You know, you've got your ranged uh, rogue 
trying to go point blank with somebody up close and then he has to remember that like i can shoot far away but it means i'm not handling this guy that means i need to trust my team to shoot the guy that's got me grappled here so it was this a lot of like um shifting and reminding like how to work as a team now if you're trying to get like a character-based bottle episode uh especially like this is like kind of my go-to and i'm like oh i, I really didn't prep anything i really have absolutely no idea what i'm gonna do when the session starts you know you kind of get in you know, everybody hops on the call and you're like, hey, guys, and you kind of vamp a little bit. And then um, something that you can do that's really easy is choose a map that you already have loaded into your uh, VTT or uh, choose a map that, you know, like, go to merelynpcs.com and just like download one of my one shot maps and just like throw it up on the screen. Um, you don't need any context. It doesn't need to be relevant. Um, you can build one in Dungeon Alchemist. You can grab one from there. Tons of maps for free online. You can even go to like Reddit and then sort D&D and then just like new and like find like some map that someone has shared. Throw that up there. And then like the party is here because they're in, a you know, someone's dreaming and now everyone is in this one person's dream and you end up with this little bottle episode where they need to solve a puzzle or I saw one recently I think it was I guess it's been a while but it was on reddit it was like um the party finds a treasure chest and the chest has this intricate drawing on it this like tapestry and as you look you can see like a dragon uh and each time you know somebody comes up to to touch the treasure chest something happens there's like an explosion of light and we can see now that party member tiny on the tapestry on the painting uh on top of the chest and now they're sucked in and they have to solve this puzzle to get back out of the treasure chest uh into you know their own world and when you suck them in for a puzzle like that it forces them to work together and you're automatically going to have character growth because this is an opportunity for them to say like really getting into my character's head what would they do in this situation are they also going to touch you know the thing am i going to try to help from the outside am i going to jump right in to try to like get in there and like help get my friends back out and you end up with just kind of this really interesting dynamic that's super outside of what you could have planned for with just story beats um so a really long and winding way to say it's lazy and also super effective <laughs> i i feel like i'm getting the sense like it's really good um when you're trying to understand the character, but it's also really good for the DM needing a little bit more control of their campaign. You know what I mean? Like they need a, uh, just to kind of pinpoint if you're, uh, maybe just leveled up and everyone's trying to learn their new skills, yes. you know, throw, have one of those ready. Or, uh, if you have a new member that joined, and you kind of want to get that going. I mean, that could be a really good opportunity. But it, it definitely, yeah, it feels like it's it doesn't have to be anything really complex. It could be very, very simple. Uh, I, you know, I personally love puzzles. Like I love yeah. any sort of puzzle, exploration puzzle. And that's probably a whole discussion in itself that I feel like combat is a lot of DD is so centered around fighting, combat, and the you know, the wizard or the person that's like the warlock that's more intellectual and a little more squishy having a, a puzzle or something in a weird language or a book to decipher or uh, notes to look up or that kind of thing. Um, whenever you get an opportunity to do that, um, I think you should in any campaign because so much is combat centered. And I think the more you can have some of those problem solving, just kind of using their skills, they have expertise in history or medicine or religion, like let them use it. And you could actually, as a DM, if you've noticed the last three or four sessions have been more combat-centric or um, the opposite, you could do one of these, drop one of these in 
to be like, okay, this player's kind of sat back for a while. Let's give them a chance to to step forward and and just to kind of keep more balance in your in your sessions. So we talked about puzzles briefly, and I think puzzles yes. are a great example of you know bottle episode that's not combat. One thing that uh, your brother, my spouse, uh, did recently in an episode in a not an episode but a session that we were jokingly calling the bottle episode was uh, getting the party together one one of the members of the party had gone through kind of a significant uh well he like got a final kill on a, somebody that had been um kind of stalking him for a long time we were kind of coming to the close of one of his story arcs and a major arc within the campaign and he was saying like i didn't know what direction to take you guys and i really wanted to take a beat to focus on what this character had done and like the growth of the character had gone through so the way we did that he said he wanted to do a bottle episode we talked through it a little bit we do, we talked through a lot of our session prep in advance and i think it's great to talk to people about that kind of stuff it's awesome uh to just kind of lay the groundwork and get a second opinion so we're kind of prepping through the session and he was like i want to do a dream sequence and then what we ended up doing was this dream sequence where we have the character um sort of find themselves in this desolate area and um each of the other players ended up playing like an animal version of their character like an animal that represented their character and this was so fun because very fun very fun <laughs> it, yeah it was so cool for us because he sent yeah. um stat blocks out to everybody and said here you know i thought really hard about what animal best represents your character and this is what you're gonna play and so he sent everybody these stat blocks and we had to work together to fight this you know this over come this one big uh entity who was really trying to take our our companion down and uh and getting for to clarification so for clarification we didn't get those stat blocks until we'd already rolled initiative like, oh we yeah didn't we get were, them ahead of time yeah we didn't we know what game. we were gonna play we, like we were like tigers or all the eagles we had no idea until we'd rolled initiative and he's like here you go and he sent it to us and so we're just like oh oh okay it was it was very fun very surprising yeah, it was a really fun surprise. And then it was interesting to see, like, if this is my character and she's uh, an eagle and uh, she's coming in and she is going to help defend. This is her brother's her character. That is her brother. That is, so, like, if she's going to defend her brother. Um, what? you know, what does that look like for her? Is she spending more time on the offense uh, trying to like really nail down, you know, take care of the threat? Or is she spending more time kind of back trying to defend her brother? Like, how, you know, what does the dynamic look like? And it was, um, it was like a really fun writing exercise because we ended up exploring these characters from a totally different perspective. Like, I don't think often about how my character as an animal is going to interact with a dream version of my brother. Like that, like what a weird sequence of events to land in uh but it, it just was like a really fun exercise and then we ended up with this really cool story moment for this individual character and growth as a party uh, and it just was kind of a nice way to fold everything together and it was a really small amount of prep for the dm side in terms of the things that are usually really arduous like story writing and coming up with multiple maps um so instead it was just like i picked these things i thought through the concept and then i put everybody on the map and then i can just see what happens and kind of roll with it and let the improv happen yeah, yeah. And my cleric that's very sweet and <laughs> kind of naive and shy, she was a lion. And a so a, a lioness. And so instead of being like vicious and mean, I was like, she has glitter and her mane's like soft and silky. And she acted more like a like a cat, like playful instead of like vicious. Um, and that was just immediately that's that's how I pictured her. And so all of a sudden I was role-playing my character as a lion. 
Um, but I think the key factor with a bottle episode defining it is it's one setting. Mm-hmm. You you put them in one setting and then they don't leave it until the episode is over. And that's like with uh, TV shows or in books or whatever. It's it's set in one setting. Um, there, I know there's some pretty famous bottle episodes like Seinfeld. They're at the restaurant. Yeah. He's, the, I, I was just reading that. Did you know Larry David threatened to quit the show uh, over that because NBC didn't want to air it? And he was like, no, no, no. I will leave the show if you guys don't run. The episode is uh, the, the whole Chinese episode. Restaurant. Yeah, the whole episode they're in the Chinese restaurant, right? And then there's, I can't remember if any, there's, there's a bunch of them. There's, there's one a bunch of, of friends. friends. Yeah. Friends. friends has like a really iconic one. The one where no, no one's ready. And then there's, yeah. uh, there's yeah. one from Brooklyn nine, nine. That was really fun. And it's funny because a lot of these bottle episodes where you would expect them to be not very interesting. The, mm-hmm. was it Seinfeld? One of the, the one, the Seinfeld one, the Chinese restaurant, that episode is all set in real time. And that's very slow when you think about like episodic television like you've got a 25 minute window to fill a 30 minute window to fill people don't want to watch stuff in real time but it was one of the highest rated episodes at the time because people watched it uh and they were like it it just was so compelling it was such an interesting way to see these characters and that's like a lot of bottle episodes end up going that way because we get to see the characters and we don't have to worry about like what's the plot and where are we now and who are these side characters we get to really focus in on the reason that we watch the show which is like what are jake and amy up to on brooklyn 99 like what what are Ross and Rachel doing in this situation? You know, like, it's just really fun to see um, how these characters grow and evolve when we put them in one finite situation. When we stick them in a little box, we pop them in a bottle and just say, go, like, now scene, <laughs> like, make it happen. And it's very impressive when you think about the directors or producers came to the writers and said, hey, we want to save on our budget. And we have this set you know, this inside of the apartment or inside this restaurant, we have the set we've already used. Let's use it again. And you have to write a story only with that setting. I mean, it's, it's such a feat or accomplishment if they're able to do it and do it well. Um, but as a dungeon master or game master, definitely you already have your character. Typically you already have your characters established. And so you can use this because um, they've already had some character growth, but this is just kind of from a different perspective um, and it's going to kind of push it a little bit more because they aren't traveling. They aren't going anywhere else. They're, they're stuck. They're trapped in a room or whatever. They're in a dream. <laughs> and so it does, it, it really forces, like you said before, to work together, um, to figure things out together and to solve um, the issue. I think uh, when you're thinking about settings, like I think dream is really easy. I love that idea. But if you don't have something like big and iconic happening to your characters and you don't want to come up with a whole puzzle, something that you can think about is like, let's try to do an entire session where we just try to work through this long rest. So like, for instance, everybody sits down, we're getting ready to take a long rest. You guys establish the watches, you watch through the night and then eight hours passes and it's still night. What will you guys do? Right. Like pick something really simple. The day keeps starting over again. Yeah. Slow down a session. You don't get that very often. And I can see a lot of players really, really liking that. Um, Or even like shopping. Shopping? Just shopping. Yeah. Like if you were on vacation. A a lift. But you you could do you could do lunch. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, at a, at a bar, tavern, like yeah. think if you're on vacation, right? You like go to a couple stores, maybe there's a park. Like what would they do if they were in this new town? Just enjoy, just relaxing that kind of thing. And there wasn't any pressure or danger. Um, although I have a feeling that 
there's a few party members that would find something to get <laughs> in trouble find with. danger. <laughs> so maybe like tell them this is shopping and give them money or something like that and and say this is just a shopping day. And then there's just there's no rush. Um I think I think that would be fun. What well, every once in a while to do. Yeah. Um, and you can always ask the players for input like, hey, I'm kind of trying to figure out the next direction for the campaign. Um, while I'm working on that, I'm wondering if there are any specific things that you guys would like to work through. Oh, yeah, you know, I was really wanting to train my perception skill with another character, you know, or, um, you know, a couple of classics you could do is... Uh, you you know the party is sitting out for a long rest and someone hears a sound in the bushes are they going to investigate alone are they going to investigate with the party you know they go out to a certain point and they hear a sound even further how far will they go at what point are they going to bring the party into the situation something really small and it doesn't even have to have a planned resolution you can come up with it on the fly uh and the other the other one that i really love and we've never tried uh but it sounds like so much fun is the party wakes up in each other's bodies so everybody kind of rolls and you end up so like how does my character feel waking up as um a six foot two man and uh covered you know well oiled and tattooed uh and absolutely towering but no magic right like wow what does that feel like how does my character react how does she you know interact with his uh space in the world and like again trust is a really important factor when we're talking about like characters spending time in another character's body so consent is really important here and making sure that you step in if anything starts to get a little bit out of hand but ultimately like that kind of switcheroo right moment uh how long does it take them to figure it out how long does it take them to figure out who's in each person's body? And does it change periodically? You know, is there something they can do to get swapped back? Do they need to solve this puzzle? Is it just a, t a time duration? You can just kind of roll with it, right? Like, just let it happen and see where they end up. And, you know, you there's never anything wrong with just saying like, oh, yeah, the door's locked and it doesn't seem to be going. Yeah, you're just stuck in this room for a little while. It's You get the sense that after time, you'll be able to get out and, you know, just give them that little assurance of like, you're okay, everything's gonna be fine. But for a short while, I do need you to be locked in this room. Good luck. Like, we'll see if you can get out. See if you can figure something out. Alternatively, you could also have them, if they have multiple campaigns or, say, a character from a previous <laughs> campaign, they could switch with that. Because I could see my cleric and my warlock switching bodies. That would be chaos. And so then it would be a little bit more easy if someone didn't feel comfortable with someone else taking on. You know what I mean? You yeah. could almost, you could do that, too, as an option. Uh, I, I love the idea of them being trapped in a room. Um, like, murder mystery would be really fun. Mm -hmm. um, and I know, like, the... You know, I'm a huge fan of like the time loops, like Groundhog yes. Day. Oh yeah. my gosh. Any movie, any book about that, I'm the biggest fan. So if you did that where they got up in the morning and like this happened, this happened, this happened, and then they went to bed and the same thing. And I just, I would love that. That would be so, so much fun. Um, and you could just, as a DM, you'd have to prep that a little bit, but not, you don't have to prep it that much. Um, you could go to MerelyNPCs.com and download the Chaos Recycler one shot if you wanted. You That's already written for you. And you can loop that one for as long as you want. You can get through a whole <laughs> session that way. Especially then, if it's like, oh, it's your main campaign characters, but in their, they're in these new bodies. Now what? How yeah. are they going to get out? Yeah. Yeah. And so it'd be a new experience and a new challenge for them. Uh, of course, you could always steal a little encounter or a bit from another module, like Straw. They can, your party could be in Barovia for one session. Um, or a little bit from Waterdeep. 
dragon heist, just a little, you know, section, a little scene and just have them drop into there, whether it's a dream or they teleported there it, and then have them kind of experience that just to change it, change a little bit. Um, or maybe they're on a boat or whatever, just in a different situation. Um, you're going to force those characters to experience new things and try new things and you'll definitely get some growth. So if I'm thinking about an NPC or a villain um, or even my character or say, you know, I'm writing fiction um, and I want to get in their heads, what are some prompts that you use? Because we talked about, like, is it a side character doing a side mission that we just don't get to see in the main story? What are some other prompts that you use to help kind of move you forward in this exercise? If I'm stuck with a character and and I'm usually that happens at the beginning of a book before I've gotten too far. Uh, I'm just, I've maybe outlined it, maybe wrote an opening chapter or two, and I'm still trying to get to know uh, who they are. I will just kind of brain dump a lot of times, or I'm serious, like just what they look like, what they would say. Maybe there's a joke um, or I'll do dialogue back and forth with myself. Like, how old are you? Like, I'll literally type out, how old are you? And be like, well, how old do you think I am? You know what I mean? And so you can kind of back and forth um, how they would respond to kind of get that. Um, that's definitely like the, the Q&A back and forth um, to get into their head a little bit. I I like doing um, with my outlining sometimes instead of just this happens, this happens, this happens, I will actually put snippets of dialogue. Like this scene is very important and it's when I'm formulating the book, I want this and I will copy and paste that when I finally get to chapter 15, I'll put it in that little, that little bit. And so as I'm writing, I know that's where I'm working towards and I'll put that in there. And if I have them periodically, it just really helps keep the voice consistent. Um, But voice is such a challenge. It is a challenge. So it's definitely something that comes with just practice Um, and just the more you can get your character out of their comfort zone, which is any book or any story. They're, they're happy and content where they are. Something happens and they're not happy anymore. And then they have to go and fix it. So the more you can kind of pull them out of that, the more it'll, the voice starts really coming to you. Um, and you start seeing that. That's funny. You say that I was just talking to a fellow DM recently and she was talking about, um, she said one of the prompts that she gives, uh, that she's just come up with recently was like, how does your character meme? Like what kind of memes does your character use? So we were kind of exchanging tips. And then something that I said, uh, that I think we've talked about before is like, if your character was out the door to your home right now, would you let them in? Um, what kind of conversation do you think you would have? Would you introduce them to your family? you know yes or no and like and it's different character by character right like some yeah and some ooh, mm-mm, no so uh, you with your sorceress your sorcerer saf would you let her in if she showed heck up heck yeah she'd be a riot i i'd be really hung over the next day but i do think that we would have a lot of fun she's she's that friend that shows up every like six months and just have a blast and then you're like, I need six months to like recover. An, an actual keg. And it's like, look, don't yes. ask where it came from. But yes. I do also have drugs. So let's party. Like, yeah. And there's all these people at your house you don't know. And she's like, these are my friends I met. She would be that one. She'd be like, this is the circus. I brought them with me. And yes. be like, okay, I guess that's part of the deal, isn't it? 
I've heard you you mentioned like having a conversation with your character, but mm. I, I have heard the prompt um, have your character write a letter to you. Uh, and I've always thought that was really interesting and not something that you can do both for your fiction characters and your D and D characters. But it's just like that interaction. Like, what what would we talk about? Like, if your cleric showed up at your house, would you let her in? She's an oh. angel, of course. No, I would, would not. No, she's she's an angel though. She. <laughs> She's she so would sweet. have the brochure and she mm. would be one of those trying to convert me on my doorstep kind of person. And I'd be very sweet. I, I, would, yeah, I would feel very, very uh, appreciative of her caring. But then I'd be like, try the neighbor next door. And I would close the door. Like, I know she's yeah, she's too intense with that. Like for me. <laughs> personally. Would you let your I mean, warlock in? I, well, She's a purple tiefling. So if that was normal in our normal world, probably I'd probably be more likely to let her in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, really? Although I don't know. Yeah. I'll, although I don't, know, I don't know. Why would she be at my door unless she's demanding something? Like her car broke down and she That's demands true. to use my phone. She'd be a little intense, a little aggressive. I'd be like, okay, here. Demand to use your spouse for auto repair yeah. services. Like she'd be yeah. kind of bossy, but I, I think she I'd see more on I where I think I think my cleric would be, I don't want to buy anything from you. <laughs> no solicitation. Take care of her. <laughs> yeah, but then I would be like, okay, are you out here by yourself? Like who drove you? Are you who walking? You? <laughs> you know? Like none would. of them have a driver's license for sure. No, no, no. no. And so I would, I would feel kind of bad that way. Like, like you're out here, then you know, yeah. So if you're yeah. listening on Spotify, answering the poll below, would you let your main D and D character into your home if they showed up right now? I'm so curious to hear what people say because would you like? I don't know. I feel like it's kind of split. I've got some characters, yes, some no. That's amazing. I I think that's. That's the ultimate achievement with your deity characters is they're supposed to not necessarily be you. They're, yeah, they're supposed to be an extension of you that, you know, it's, it's kind of fun to explore, but it's probably not you every day, day to day. So I feel like I'm definitely more my warlock than my cleric. That's personally. funny. Or I could be. But maybe that's just my mom tendencies or something. <laughs> and that group that I'm with. <laughs> They're bad influences. That's true. Yeah. So yeah. if you had your DM reach out to you in the morning and say like, hey, our session's in an hour and a half. And I'm just wondering if there are any scenes or situations that you would like to explore for one of your characters would you have suggestions for your DM? What kind of things would you want your, what kind of situations would you want your character to be in? Uh, so maybe we can help get people some ideas as they're trying to figure out how to make a bottle episode for their next session in 35 minutes. I think definitely if you could, um, as a character plan, maybe another character's birthday party. We did that. <laughs> yeah. Remember that was yeah. so much fun. And if you had a whole session for the whole group, let's say that character or that player is not able to make it that session, you could plan like a surprise party or a birthday party or something for them and then have it. I think that would be so much fun um, just decorating and shopping and what you're going to do. And there'd be a lot of role playing. I think it'd be really that's really fun. Um, or maybe there's maybe some characters are getting married and you want to have a wedding episode or a wedding session. 
um, or a beach day would be really fun. Again, the more slow down, relaxed, you know, and if you as the GM or DM set that up at the beginning, that this is just going to be, you have a free day, um, you're here at the beach and nothing. You've got 24 hours before the dragon attacks. Yeah. (laughs) It's sunny there. You know, you can have a pina colada. There's like towels and just set the precedence that it's not going to be combat. Um, I think a lot of characters, there'd be a lot of RP going on. I think a lot of the characters, you know, they take off their armor, they'd relax a little bit, let their hair down, so to speak, that you don't, you don't get that a lot of times. Um, even most recently, in our most recent session, I, my character took off her armor to sleep. And I'm like, that's norm. Like, that should be normal, yeah. should always ready to fight all the time. But you should be, I guess. So it's. Speaking of, I I want like I would like to publicly correct myself on this one. We had agreed at the beginning of the campaign not to worry about Don and Doff rules, and I let everybody else say, "Oh, I've been sleeping in my armor," but I hadn't been giving them exhaustion penalties. There was only one other player who was sleeping in armor because no one else wears armor in that group, except uh, I guess there was one other player who wears armor in that group, but he was on watch, Uh, so it made sense that he was wearing armor. So I would like to publicly, I would like to publicly publicly redact the fact that i made you go through that whole combat in a rope you were epic and it was amazing and you were a gorilla half the time anyway but i did realize afterwards i totally i i we went through the consent checklist at the beginning of the campaign we talked about don doff and not wanting to have to worry about it and yet i i did bad so i that's this is me saying oh shit this is dms should talk to your players Uh, my bad we we talked about this and i and i didn't do it well i appreciate that so we know, so it's clear, my armor class was 12 with my armor. It was reduced to 11. So it was... Oh, that's not bad. <laughs> was the You're of, 12? I have that's terrible so armor. <laughs> I think Wait. I have, like, my beginning leather armor that, like, the beginning, like, it's nothing. There we go. We need a shopping episode. I need to go get some better armor. You, it's even terrible. why don't you have like the mage armor incantation? Like, you're a warlock. You could roll with no armor. You'd be better off with just mage armor. Two spell slots. Two spells. No, 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 like, no, no. At will. At will. If oh, you can no, do I it as your. That. Yeah, that's fair. I, it's, I'm always just like trying to I work on the armor. I think it is an invocation. Yeah. Invocation, but I don't have yeah. That. I don't have the invocation. I have the not useful ones. You've got. They're perfectly useful. They're the good. ones that I write the other party member's name in my book so they survive, and a bunch of them are like, we don't trust you. We're not going to write our name in that. Oh, so I, I have an empty about book. That. Yeah. But, no, it's not empty. There's two names in there. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we almost used that in the last bottle episode because I was trying really hard to bring a difficult combat and it escalated quickly. It did. It did. Yeah. It was so fun, though. Uh, You know, I just like throw some aberrations into the mix and like you're suddenly rolling with a combat, especially because we were in the air. You guys were on an airship. Uh, that combat gets a little bit out of control, a little bit fast. And, you know, as the monk plummets 60 feet per round uh, because he's paralyzed from the gazer that I had thrown into the mix. Uh, yeah, it, it, it was like, oh, I accidentally killed you guys in a bottle episode, but you brought it around. It was good. And I feel like that's going to be one of our more memorable kind of sessions for a while because it was so focused on just this one scene, just this one moment for you all. Yeah, on the airship. We were stuck on the airship and the whole thing. So as you said before, um, the, all these different types of kind of bottle episode settings, where do you feel 
most inspired? You said that you'll grab a map sometimes, but is there anything from like movies or TV shows, like an episode of something? Have you like recently watched and you're like, I got to use this somehow? Um, yeah, I I did recently. So I am a big K-drama fan. That is, I think, a, a known fact for you. Um, and uh, I love watching fantasy K-dramas because I, they inspire me a lot for our campaigns. I did just recently finish Tomorrow, which was a really uh, heavy but really beautiful show about uh, Grim Reapers who um, come to try to save people from taking their own lives. And uh the whole show it was like it was really sweet it was really moving and they had a lot of this like crazy magic system happening in the background that was really interesting um and i was i've been really inspired for it by it and that's actually kind of part of what inspired our chaos recycler one shot and i just loved this idea of making a mistake and then being forced to go through the loop again as some sort of like higher power is trying to decide if you can if you're capable of making a better choice uh like if the cards line up a different way and that one shot specifically is about you wake up as a different uh you know race a different class and you know no memory of what happened before except what led you to this moment um you know like if things are different will you make a different choice and i just i'm i think that's so interesting because watching a character uh for instance one of the npcs because i love the idea of yeah, in my humanoid body, in my like actual human humanoid body, uh, I understand how all these all these pieces work and I know how to interact. Well, if I woke up tomorrow and I was an Aarakocra and or like a totally different type of humanoid, is it itchy? Is it uncomfortable? Do I hurt myself a bunch because I'm trying to unfurl my wings at bad times? Am I with a tail? How do you sit with a tail? Riddle me this, tieflings <laughs> out there. How are you sitting in do you do you always straddle the chair? You know, like I think cool about this all the time. Style. Do all their pants have little holes in them? Do all they their shorts must. have holes from their horns going through? Like they, how like, is the spender strap to like hang it over their shoulder so it's not dragging all the time? Or right. is it I don't know. And then I, horns. Do you can't hat? I mean, unless you have no hats. I mean, I guess like hat? like uh fascinators only, right? And like some of them are really close, it's just bold like bulky. Yeah. So wait, yeah. why aren't why aren't fascinators a bigger deal for tieflings in D anD D? Just they random aside, be. I feel like that should they be a bigger be. deal. Yeah, they yeah. absolutely should be. Yeah. yeah so canon. the question is, canon. <laughs> it's canon now. So the question is just like, if I wake up and I roll on a new table and I wake up in a new body and a new form and new abilities, how does that change the way I interact with the world? If I'm still me on the inside, and yes. I think that that is so inspiring, that's so interesting, and it makes me want to just like, okay, what does that story look like? And throwing players into that was a hoot, uh, and I would absolutely recommend that as a bottle episode. You can totally just take even just that one concept. You guys wake up sort of like in bodies of your other companions you can wake up in a randomly generated body it's still level eight you know it's still where you left off but it's a paladin or it's a fighter and now you're you know you're the, you're still a humanoid but you're no longer human you're no longer an elf you're now a satyr like you're now a tabaxi and you're like all the stuff is different all the parts are like all there's so much fur in weird places and like now what so how does your character interact with that what will they do? Or do they want to keep it? Maybe it's a better body. Maybe it's a better form. Uh, you know, something they prefer. Maybe they like being covered in fur. Maybe they don't, you know? So I, I think uh, I think that it makes kind of like an interesting way to shake up the way your character interacts with the world. Yeah. And so using a bottle episode, if 
you just didn't plan ahead of time or using a bottle episode just to do something different or um, maybe one of the like players can't participate that day. I feel like you could even do a bottle episode if a bunch of people couldn't make it. If it's you, the DM, and maybe only two players, so often they just cancel, right? If it's just if yeah. it's just a couple people, you're just like, ah, eh, we'll bag it. You could do that if you if they woke up in a different body. There's so much there for them to explore, uh, and as a DM, you wouldn't have to prep hardly anything. And I think it would be fascinating as the the other player at the table to explore that and to watch the other to watch the other like character explore that too. I think it would be great. So even if there's just two of you, um, very small, I, I think it'd be really fun. Yeah, I think so too. You could also do if it's just, especially if it's just two and the rest of the party is all together, uh, you wake up and the rest of your companions stay asleep and don't seem yes. to want to wake up or yes. you wake up, the rest of your companions stay asleep. And then you realize that your body is still asleep. You seem to be a spectral form of yourself. Like, you know, like just yeah. get wild with it, like go wherever you want. And then, you know play that improv game like let your players just sort of react and go back and forth and and just have a really fun time i think that that's a great way to go about it you could do even if you wanted to with one player if there was one player um for example like with our um drag is it ice spire peak dragon yeah dragon ice spire peak if you had one character uh, everyone's asleep they're taking a long watch one character wake up in the body of the dragon and play what's the what's the dragon doing is it flying around is it killing people like just let them let them do it you know um or they want to play like when they were a child in their town and maybe or or maybe before like with Saf at the circus maybe she wakes up and she's back at the circus what's her day look like and just let her explore yeah I mean you could you could really flex with with using a bottle episode to let Whoever, whoever players are available to have fun. I saw someone post something about that recently. They were talking about like, oh, I made this character and I was really excited about it. And the DM wants to do a session zero and they want to do a session zero where we work through some of my backstory. And I'm so excited, except I wrote a really traumatic backstory, which means that I have to now live through all of that. <laughs> and that's kind of yeah. funny because that's a consequence that players don't think about when they're like, oh, it's yeah. my tragic backstory. Everyone I love is lost. Um, you don't think about like, okay, so the DM is like, great, let's work through that. What happened? Like, what does that look like for you? You're like, oh, now I have to go, I have to, I have to like do it instead of just like be, feel like looking sad, seeming sad. <laughs> I have to actually be the sad. Like, uh, so I think that's kind of a fun, um, it's a fun way to like interact with it and really like challenge the thinking that I think a lot of us have, which is like, oh yeah, it's just, it's a tragic backstory. Moving on. Oh, it's in yeah. the past. Yeah. <laughs> My whole kind family of, was eaten alive by trolls. Eh, it's a long yeah. time ago. It's fine. Uh, and having to like work <laughs> through it is like, oh, I, I got to like decide, like, how would I react in this situation? And then, you know, going forward, once you're in the game, you're like, oh, I, I know exactly how I reacted in this situation because I we worked through that scene. I, mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. what I did. I know what I, you know, what specifically happened blow by blow. And and I think that can make um for some really interesting character growth. Absolutely. Yeah. Don't sleep on your bottle episodes. Don't sleep on bottle episodes. They're so good. Well, uh, I think that's about all we can fit in this bottle. Let's put a cork in it. It is done. We are out of initiative, but we're going to get back into it. So get out there, roll some dice, tell some stories, tell some stories in a bottle, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.
Thanks for listening to Out of Initiative, a podcast from Merely NPCs. For more from Sarah and Morgan, follow them on TikTok at Merely NPCs or visit them online at merelynpcs.com.